sometimes feel that there's nobody to talk to about the things you need to talk about? Well, look no further. Welcome to Paper Hope Next Generation on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Rio, Tamara, and Yvonne are here to discuss the topics you've been asking about. Now, here's Paper Hope Next Generation. Welcome to the program, Paper Hope Next Generation. I'm your show host, Tamara Wade, and I have my lovely daughteries here. Being bullied <laughs> by a Chewbacca over here. I have Rio. I have headphones on, so that means that I get to make fun sounds and, and experiment with my voice. And Yvonne's here. And I'm here too. And Yvonne was talking like a devil voice, which is super funny. I'm mm. going to do it. <laughs> that wasn't me. That's Stop it. George <laughs> is here too. <laughs> oh, hey, George. George. Hey, Rio. Hey, Rio. <laughs> hey, <how's it> <laughs> do you see how easily I am so derailed by you two? I'm so tired, and that is so funny to me I'm right now. I'm so tired, and periods suck. Just saying. TMI, I don't care. <laughs> Rio compared her period to the Niagara Falls. <laughs> I think a lot of ladies do. I compare it to like a medieval war going on. Yeah, oh, yeah. I said that's what I Swords and everything. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like Sparta in my vagina. <laughs> I am Sparta. Sparta. <laughs> oh, I'm going to try and lead this show today. I am so easily distracted. You know what? I heard a word. I read a word one time on the way to California with dad and I was reading the story and it was like really inappropriate because it was on Tumblr and it was about some really raunchy things and then the word vajeeper <laughs> she was like yeah. I'm a jeeper. and I was like wow I started laughing and I sent it to everybody that I knew and we all just like I, I was literally crying in the back seat laughing at the word vajeeper in a, in a car with my whole family that's awesome well, we actually do have a topic today. And, and it's, it's not vajeepers. And it's not vajeepers. Though so that's next, that's not that's, next week. That's but it's the 31st. Oh, we are going to talk about vajeepers with Dr. Sharon Thompson. I'm so. Vajeepers? And I'm so excited. It's going to be so vajeepers great. We're going to have an, an, an in-studio audience. Jeepers, Pjeepers and vajeepers. Yep. All kinds of jeepers. You bet. But Dr. But jeepers. Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> Dr. Thompson is from Central Phoenix OBGYN, and she's been on our show when we had Street Team, and she's an amazing resource for young women. So it, it's going to be great. I'm excited for that show. But our topic today is perfectionism. Mm. I know. I think that's why we were like wild animals there in the beginning because we were trying to avoid the topic. Trying to avoid oh, yeah. the topic. It's like Speaking freshman of. language arts. Just avoid the topic. At Make all costs. funny, rude jokes and hope the teacher yells at you enough <laughs> for the class to be over before you actually do work. <laughs> so this topic came about because I read too much and I've read Brene Brown's "The Gift of Imperfection." Yvonne's already <laughs> yawning. <laughs> we're trying to pretend like we're not actually going to be talking about this. <laughs> Why, Rio? Does it make you uncomfortable? It no, it just makes me like annoyed with myself. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I hate, I hate being a cliche. I don't want to admit. Exactly. I deny it. If I deny it, then it's not there. Exactly. And I love this so much. So I'm going to read you Brene's definition of perfectionism because prior to reading her book, I would have argued with you that perfectionism was a good thing. Can you believe that? Yeah. Practice makes perfect, and that's the goal, right? That's the goal, right? So here's what Brene Brown, and she's a researcher on shame. If you haven't heard about her, you must be under a rock, because A, I talk about her every show, probably, <laughs> and B, she's on Oprah and all this other stuff. So 
Brene Brown from The Gifts of Imperfection. She says, perfectionism is not about healthy achievement and growth. Perfectionism is the belief that if we live perfect, look perfect, act perfect, we can minimize or avoid the pain of blame, judgment, and shame. It is a shield. Perfectionism is a 20-ton shield that we lug around thinking that it will protect us when in fact it is the thing that we... It... It's the thing that really is preventing us from taking flight. She goes on to say that perfectionism is at its core about trying to earn approval and acceptance. Most perfectionists were raised being praised for achievement and performance. And somewhere along the way, we adopted this dangerous and debilitating belief system that says, I am what I accomplish and how well I accomplish it. The core of this is what will they think? That is from Brene Brown. For me, when I think about perfection, and so help me God, I cannot <laughs> formulate a clear thought in my brain today, so bear with me I'm on this bear one. with you. Um, for me, perfectionism is debilitating to me in the way that if I cannot do it perfectly, I will not do it. And I think that's what you were trying to say, yes. or what her, um, her little summary of it. If I can't think from point A to point B clearly and know exactly what the outcome is and know that I can do it perfectly, I am not going to even try because the fear of not doing it right is greater than the, I don't know, whatever emotion, the the driving force to actually try it is. I just get really mad when I can't, like when I'm like doing something and I can't do it like perfectly right. I just get pissed, like so pissed. I'll like start slamming things. I'm like, I I give up. I quit. Like I'm done and just walk away. I, I can't. I think a lot of people right, feel that way too. Would you agree with what Brene says that at its core, it's the fear of being judged? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I can, then, yes. I think yes. about being judged, but then I think about like when I was little, you didn't even know what my grades were, you know, like you and dad and no family members were pressuring me to get good grades. I really, my friends didn't even really care about what was going on in school. My teachers weren't even mean to me. Like nobody was saying, Rio, you're not doing a good job or you should get all A's or this and that. But every time I would not be able, because I'm a really slow reader and that was always a problem for me was getting the novels read on time in like third and fourth grade. And I just couldn't meet the deadlines and I'd beat myself up about it and like dry heave from crying so hard. (laughs) And it wasn't because anybody was saying that like I was going to fail. It was just like I just naturally had a hard time with meeting the standards or what I thought were the standards. Like my, my medium was everybody else's 10,000. Your expectation for yourself was much higher. Right. And so like my, my full effort was just like give her a Nobel prize because that is like the most effort we've ever seen anybody do. But to other people, like my halfway was like their hundred. Yeah. And so that, so no matter what, I never failed. I was always like ahead of the curve, but I still felt like I wasn't doing enough. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I felt like I had to have that hundred percent. Otherwise it wouldn't be there in the first place. Like just like the other day I was reading an email, like I had gotten an email about this meeting that I was supposed to go to. And I thought that it said that it started at one o'clock. Mm-hmm. And so when I was trying to figure out when to go and I was calling everyone before one, cause I thought I could find out the location before one o'clock. 
And they're like, it started at nine. You missed it. And I looked at, I was like, oh my God, it's somebody else's fault. It's somebody else's fault. And then I looked at it and the email did say nine to one. And I got really pissed off at myself because I'm like, that is my fault that I read the email wrong. Like it was a very intense emotion for Mm -hmm. me to feel like I screwed up and I did something wrong and I couldn't go back and fix it. And for me, I feel like that's where my perfectionism comes in is I, I usually try my hardest to not like mess up in that right. kind of way or to like be the one that always has it together and yes. I feel like that just causes so much anxiety oh like the fear of striking out shouldn't keep you from playing the game I think is like the biggest quote that it's such it is such a cliche but it's so true mm-hmm. yeah. I I liken it to I, I wrote about it on the blog too and I shared my story about I, I wanted to go for a walk one morning because it's really beautiful outside mm-hmm. and I need exercise <laughs> But I woke up and I looked down and I had on black pants, a blue top and these funky weird shoes. And I almost didn't go for the walk because I was like, oh, I look like crap. Mm. Think about that for a minute. Truly, who cares? Well, especially you. You're always the one that preaches like, don't. No, I know. Don't wear makeup. Who cares? Like this and that. And I I'm so thankful that I read this book that Brene wrote because I was able to look at myself in the mirror and say, I am enough. I am enough to go on this stupid walk. But I went bitching and complaining mm. the entire way. I was like... But enough for who? No, I know. That's the problem. Well, no, enough for yourself. Like, it finally dawned on me as I was walking around the block and the sun hit my face and it was beautiful outside. And I was like, oh my God, I get it. Had I not walked out that door believing that what I had on was enough, my contribution to the walk was enough... I would have missed out on this beautiful sunrise. Mm. I would have missed out on this beautiful morning. I would have missed out on the opportunity to exercise and get outside and do something good for myself before work. Mm -hmm. And you said it in what you were talking about, that if you can't do it perfectly, you don't want to do it at all. Right. And I think a lot of perfectionists would agree with you. And at its core, it's because we don't want to be judged. I was thinking to myself, I don't want people to look at me and think, oh, well, she doesn't know how to go for a walk. Look at what she's wearing. <laughs> she doesn't know how to walk. It's only the most like, natural thing that I mean, that like, happens to Think us about people. how ridiculous that thought process is. But for me, it, it really is about people looking at me and judging me harshly. Right. And there's no reason for that. Like intellectually, I can tell you the difference and why that's stupid and I shouldn't worry about it, but I do. I've always been like that. Like I cannot take criticism. Like I hate, I can't take it well. Like I just don't. And like, I'll even try, like I'll be like, it's okay. Like I know that they're not trying to like attack me, but then I just feel Mm -hmm. like, Oh, well I did this wrong. And then I just like take it to all extremes. Like I'm a failure. Like I did something wrong. That's why like I'm in beauty school right now and I'm like struggling so hard. I, I have an A, like I'm doing what needs to be done. I'm learning. Like everyone's like learning the basics, but like, I just feel like I'm not good enough. Like, I feel like everyone's like, Oh, like that's not straight. That haircut's not straight enough for your colors to like, not like covered enough. And like, I just beat myself up more than like anyone else's like, everyone else is like, Oh, that looks really good. I'm like, you're lying. Like, <laughs> don't lie to me. I feel like so us as perfectionists or at least me personally, Everything that I do, and I guess this is where like the being judged part comes in, everything I do is to make sure that I exceed the standards mm-hmm. of, of whomever I'm doing it for so that I do not get criticism no matter exactly. what I do. So I'm always trying to go above and beyond what is expected of me so that no one ever tells me to do it differently. And I feel like that is a lot of stress on you because not only are you trying to succeed in whatever task you're given, but you're trying to analyze every aspect of it to the point where you can do it better than you're expected. And that's like, sometimes it's not necessary. Sometimes it's unhealthy. Sometimes it's just useless and you're missing out on another opportunity because you're too focused on stuff that people don't even need from you. 
and you overextend yourself and then you get sick and then there's like all these negative consequences yeah. of trying to do something that nobody's even asking you to do just because you're afraid of them maybe saying something not even like mean, you know? It's like the so dumbest thing. true. So true what you said. That's my life. I mean, like up until the point that I read this book, that's my life. It, it occurred to me reading this book that I was living a life of many dress rehearsals that I, like you, would overanalyze and plan and plot and worry about what I was wearing, what I was doing, which is not how I am perceived on the outside mm -hmm. because I try so hard not to. Right. And that's another frustrating part to know what you're doing is incorrect, but to not be able to... I was it. trapped, completely right. trapped. It was this book that kind of liberated me mm -hmm. from that thought process. Well, like even on my old job, like they would give us, um, they would do like evaluations. They would pick, I was a chat agent. So they'd take one of the chats and they would evaluate it and see what you did wrong, what you did right and things like that. And it doesn't matter what I did. I could follow every single rule. They would always find something that was like, well, you could approve on this. Like they never were just like, you passed, you did great. Good job. They were always like, you passed, but you also could have done this and asked them for this and made more money for us. Like there was never good enough. And that used to make me so mad. And they never understood why I would get so pissed off in these like right. evaluation so meetings. True. I'm like, you guys are like seriously telling us we're never going to be good enough for you. Like I, I can be like straight up perfect and you'll still find something wrong. Like why, why can't you just be like, great job like high five like you're doing good like no like you're doing great but change this That's it's so true oh, it's so freaking frustrating but let's take a little break because this conversation makes me itchy <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be right back you're listening to paper hope next generation on the voice american Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? You're listening to the Paper Hope Next Generation. Want to ask a question or select a topic for a future show? Please send an email to info at paperhope.com. That's info at paperhope.com. Now, back to Rio, Tamara, and Yvonne on Paper Hope Next Generation. Welcome back to the program. You're listening to Paper Hope Next Generation on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. I'm your show host, Tamara Wade, and I'm here with my daughter, Epoos. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Trying to lighten it up a little bit. What if I want to be a daughter, EP? You can be a daughter, EP. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's different. Dottery poo, dottery pee. Well, we are talking about perfectionism this afternoon, and it's really got my goat, so to speak. <laughs> what is that even? What I want playing Ariane for a minute. I don't know. Like, considering your goat, oldies will understand, but you youngies, I guess, don't get it. It's really got, got my, my goat. goat. It's really got my goat. She got my goat. <laughs> I don't know. I have to Google it and find out if that's a thing. I just said that. <laughs> I 
Stop <laughs> trying to make goat happen. It's not, not going to happen. happen. God, you're so stupid, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Let's see if we can get through this next segment. This next <laughs> Perfectionism. We were just talking about it. We were... We gave you Brene Brown's definition of perfectionism, and we're sharing some personal stories about how it gets our goat. I'm going to make goat happen. It's not okay. happening. Well, <laughs> well, good luck with that. you on your little island of goats by yourself. It's my own island. <laughs> um, but Rio, you said something when we were at break that I thought was really profound. And in that, like, what? Uh, what did I say? <laughs> Can you refresh my mind? Well, both Yvonne and Rio were talking about, you know, when you get criticism, because when you're a perfectionist, oh, you really, <laughs> the last story that Yvonne shared with us was getting criticism at work. And I, I relate to that because in my job, I've gotten criticism of, as well and become very belligerent. I don't prefer getting it. You just get so like, <laughs> it's, it's just like whole, rage. Yeah. yeah. It's just super like seething, like everything that you've been holding back. Just yeah. Rah. I think it's so funny you say Hulk because I have a little Hulk figuring on my desk. Exactly <laughs> that's what I turn into. <laughs> it's too much. Yeah. It, it, it is a horrible thing. And like, I liked what Rio was saying about, um, you know, sometimes she takes in criticism. Yeah. Well, because you have to sometimes, especially at work or if you're in a new job or me going to school and like Yvonne being in her school, they're going to tell you to do things differently. That's how you worst, learn. I'm in the worst field <laughs> of criticism. Well, I gotta yeah. learn to deal with it. I truly, not only criticism, but you're in like an arts field. Both of yeah. you are. And so there's nothing. It's like the biggest criticism worlds and we're just like, we hate well, it. You right. have to, you have to start to filter what people say to you. And I feel like in order to do that, you need to recognize that you are a perfectionist and you do have an altered way of thinking about tasks and mm-hmm. learning. And you have to start to, kind of mull over what people say before you react. So like in choreography, it's really difficult to sit there and have your peers and your teachers say, well, I didn't really understand what you were trying to portray here. Maybe if you would have done this, I would have gotten it better. But it's like almost being a perfectionist or not. I feel like it feels like an attack on you personally. Yeah. Like, totally. You know, like why why is that not good enough for you to get? Totally. It's because you're expressing yourself through an art form. So, and people are saying that they don't understand and that it could be better. And you're like, okay, so right. you're, you're attacking me myself, my person saying that my emotion isn't good enough for you to feel something from kind of thing. But then you have to sit down and be like, I'm not the same person as that person. They haven't experienced the same things. And you can't just automatically, you know, fill up with rage when somebody says it could be this way or that way. You just have to say, okay, do I care enough about that person feeling this way to change it or do I want to stick with my own thing you know it kind of just becomes a choice at that point for me I think I just I'm terrified of like failure or like not being good enough Mm -hmm. and so in the field that I am like for example like our school is hosting a hair show and there's gonna be 10 different groups of girls on all different amounts of levels people that have like me that's only been there for 300 hours versus people that have been there for almost 1600 hours which Mm -hmm. is like they're about to graduate they know what they're doing and so at first, like when they asked us, we're the stage one, which is like the beginning classroom. And they were like, we, you know, we need this many people to want to be involved in this or we can't do it. And I was like, no, I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not going <laughs> to waste my time to look stupid. And like, I don't want to look, I don't want to embarrass myself on a stage with all these other people there. And like, no, there's no way these girls are going to like show me up on so many levels. And I just like, I just fought it. And our teacher was like, well, we'll make a final decision tomorrow about who, how many people want to do it. And I like went home and I was like, bitch into Andy and I was like 
can't do this. Like, this is just so stupid. People are wasting my time. Like, I don't know anything. And he just, like, looked at me. He's like, why? He's like, you're in school to learn. Like, Mm -hmm. take this as an opportunity, like, to learn how hair shows are going to work, how, like, the backstage of this is going to work. You might not be the best up there, but you're going to learn something. And you're going to be submerged in this environment that you. this is exactly where you want to be. You want to do hair shows your Mm -hmm. whole life. So why aren't you just jumping in now and, like, Maybe you will, like, not be the best, or maybe you will end up surprising yourself at Mm -hmm. how much you do know. You're not going to be alone. Like, you're going to have your instructors and things like that. And so I was like, okay, I'll do it. It's just kind of like ripping the Band-Aid off, because that was the same thing with me having my choreography entered into that competition, the Artists of Promise competition. And I didn't even place. Like, nobody even, the judges pretty much didn't care. Like, because they gave us feedback, too. Like, that was the scariest part. It was reading their comments. And they were all over the place. And this kind of helped me a little bit, because there was, like, five or six judges, and half of them were saying that... You know, you didn't explore your technique fully and there wasn't enough movement and you didn't feel the music enough. And then the other half was saying really good exploration of pedestrian movement and like the opposite. So then I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, all right, so I have failed and I have did the perfect thing. (laughs) So no matter what I do, there's always going to be somebody that doesn't agree and there's always going to be someone that it really resonates with. And then I think about it, too, and I'm like sitting here and we're on this radio show and we're talking and we're like, exposing ourselves there's going to be people that are going to get it and there's going to be people that want nothing to do with us exactly. so you kind of have to like and it's not necessarily ego but i guess it's perfectionism you kind of have to strip away the fear of of striking out in order mm-hmm. to i don't know share what you want to share and i feel like a life living of not sharing and being afraid and like you said you're just not even going to do the competition because you're right. afraid of what it's going to be you would never do anything you would never be grow right. you would, would never, never go learn. forward and we in this room feel like the reason that we struggle with it so much is because we know we want to move forward but at the same time We're we know afraid. we have afraid. a we have problem getting the criticism and right. and dealing with it appropriately because we don't even want to be bad quote bad enough to get right. the criticism like thinking right. about it i could have passed up on an opportunity that is like damn near impossible in the real world to get into like getting exposing yourself and getting into hair shows like this is like mm-hmm. a free opportunity like it's there for me like you can anybody can take it and i almost like passed it up right. but i don't know we'll see how it goes that's I think it's gonna be amazing because you're gonna you're gonna get criticism like rio did and you're right. gonna see that it's all over the board and it's very subjective yeah right. to this day i still have people coming up to me being like your solo was amazing it made me cry uh-huh, you know uh-huh. like that's an that's enough obviously uh, what i was trying to do it did for some people so why am i hung up on the people that didn't get it or thought it was bad because so hard like we say never gonna reach one person yeah right right and we say that here on the and the radio station too that you know we're we're broadcasting to millions of people every week but if we touch one person it was worth our time it was worth our time being here that's so true like what Rhea's saying like i'll sit in class and like there's 21 of us girls in our stage one classroom and we all have different aspects of like beauty there's so many different like ways that you can go with it and like Mm -hmm. my best friend in the class she doesn't really like that whole like avant-garde like crazy like hairstyles that people never actually wear they're just in hair shows yeah and i'm obsessed with it i think it's the <laughs> coolest thing in the world like how did you get that hair to look like an octopus like mm-hmm. yeah and like cool. I, I just like i want to do that i want to make a hair into a sea fish like mm-hmm. that's cool whereas she's like oh i just like really glamorous like beauty like curls and and i'm right. just like yeah that's just boring to me so like, she I would do crazy she but, like, would critique your crazy exactly but, then but somebody else would love it exactly so, so that's what i'm just 
why are we stopping ourselves from doing something if there's no failure basically because exactly. if you reach one person you've right. accomplished That's your all goal you'll find people that are interested in the same things that you are but then i think about another thing where if you're in a job where there is a set way to do something I like math, you know, like if you can't do math right, but then it's like, do you ever really get criticism from that? I feel like criticism is meant for you to grow yes. personally, but like in a math class, if you're, if, if I don't necessarily would consider it criticism because it's just, you're not doing it right. right. You know, like you, you're, but you're learning a better way to do it. it. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. they could criticize your approach, but I mean, it's kind of a this or that. And I feel like right, that's not like necessarily a... criticism. It's just teaching. Right. That's just the way there it is. There is a difference between... And I don't even know if criticism is the right word because I feel like I never really get criticized in my dance environment because it's such a good dance, it's such a good teaching mm-hmm. environment. Right. I feel like it's just suggestion. And I guess I should have brought this up too. Um, we always talk about her, Angela Rosencrantz, the dance director at the her. program that I'm in. She teaches us how to speak to one another without bias. So first of all, if we have something that we noticed that if was different would cause a different reaction, we can't say, we, we don't say better, we say different. We say, we have a suggestion, would you like to hear it? And the person is allowed to say yes or no. And if they say yes, we can't say, I liked or I did this. We have to specifically say, when you did this movement, it evoked this emotion in me which was different from the rest of your dance and if you would have done it this way then it would have been more congruent in my opinion so it's so crazy i know right it's it's so much more like it's really difficult to speak like that because we're so conditioned and just like poking out other people's imperfections so that we seem better but it's really it's a good exercise to speak to people but that that. approach is really going to eliminate a lot of like the harsh feelings like oh they think i sucked like they're gonna it's like an educated educated expression of Mm -hmm. what could be better and instead of saying oh that was ugly you should have done it this way which could have really hurt someone's feelings that's really and it's it's pretty cool it's cool because then at that point you get excited to hear people's quote critique because you're interested Mm -hmm. in if what you are trying to portray worked on everyone right so it becomes a learning moment as opposed to a recoiling defensive moment and i wonder how you could integrate that kind of speak into, into real life yeah into like, I don't know, I guess just talk about it with friends and family and be like, if you're going to come to me with something like... Just hand out papers. This yeah, is or like, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> clean the dishes well this. enough. Just be like, I don't know. Like I, f- I don't how know. How many times in our house, so though, funny. do That's so true. Chris, my husband, your stepdad, it's so weird to call him that <laughs> to you. Um, <laughs> but how many times does he come in and he's not thinking about how he's addressing us and he's just gruff, 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 yeah. you know, and I have to take him aside and be like, you will not speak to us that way. Just accusatory. Like, yeah. I feel, well, he just doesn't have a filter. I feel like right. he doesn't realize that what he's saying exactly. is like affecting other people. And I guess that's something you can do personally, yep. just in your critiques to other people, because you never know who's battling perfectionism right. in their own way. Or how sensitive you are one day from the next. Oh, and right. so, yeah, because mine changes. Especially girls. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, like a freaking yeah. emotional. And so I'm constantly having to like re-educate him, mm-hmm. but in the same fashion that Angela was, I have to take him aside nicely and say, hey, we are precious. Please speak to us right. in that way. And it's it's a, it's a task to try to speak to somebody like that. But I feel like if we all work a little bit harder, it is. we wouldn't beat ourselves up. And there would be so much more room for growth in everybody's life. I I'm agree. Gonna, I'm going to start trying to talk like that. <laughs> let's practice on the break. But for now, <laughs> let's take a break. I'm Yvonne Allen. You're listening to the Paper Hope Next Generation on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. <laughs> Have you friended us on Facebook yet? 
Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? You're listening to the Paper Hope Next Generation. Want to ask a question or select a topic for a future show? Please send an email to info at paperhope.com. That's info at paperhope.com. Now, back to Rio, Tamara, and Yvonne on Paper Hope Next Generation. Welcome back to the program, Paper Hope Next Generation on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. I'm your show host, Tamara Wade, and I'm sitting here again with my daughtery boos, or peas, <laughs> as real would like to be called. Daughtery pee, thank you very much. <laughs> and we are talking about perfectionism. I think it's been one that's kind of chapped all of our butts a little bit. What's up with you and your, like, my comparisons My pretty chappy. <laughs> your goats and your chapped butts. Because I'm old. It's really getting our goats. <laughs> Sorry. Getting my goats in a bunch. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry to get your goats in a bunch. It's definitely got my goat in the left. <laughs> oh, Where is it taking your goat? Is what I'm curious about. I don't know. I don't know. If the world only knew. If they only Wait, knew. If we could only find our goats, I feel like everything would be okay. I don't know. In the last segment, we were talking about criticism, critiques, and Rio had this really awesome suggestion from our favorite lady in the world, Angela Rosencrantz, and how we speak to each other is largely a differentiating factor between taking criticism in and being defensive about it. I finally remembered what I was trying to say or like was going to go off of on that is us being perfectionists and getting so angry when people give us criticism when we quote give criticism i feel like we unknowingly do it like in a negative way and kind of try to tear down other people's so true. success or like try to make our criticism seem like we know more than the other person and in so kind of makes it this very like n- like mean controlling know-it-all mm-hmm. kind of like snotty attitude and that's why i feel like the, the way we talk to each other in dance has been so helpful because I've stopped getting that feedback like oh you should be nicer I got a little bit of it during show week when I was telling people to like be quiet on the headsets <laughs> because it was really pissing me off but that's just because I think I was tired and hungry but I used to get a lot of feedback from teachers and stuff being like you need to talk to your peers more kindly and I think the only reason that I wasn't is because I was trying to be the one that knew the most and then that just kind of for me translated to be stern and and right. give them critique because if I give them critique then I look like I know the most because I'm the one that's handing out all of the advice and not only that 
we've all talked about the expectation we hold ourselves to. I find myself in that saddled with it when I my expectation for other people is really high. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that, God, when you're talking about that, I feel so convicted, like, and <sighs> how I speak to people sometimes. And I've gotten better over the years, but I still catch myself. Not, maybe not speaking it out loud, but like thinking it in my head. And I think it's because of the expectation I hold myself to. Mm-hmm. I look around and I hold others to Why that. aren't you doing it as good exactly. as me? Right. Which exactly. is kind of a really a crappy really thing to, to say and think, why aren't, you, why aren't you at my level? But then again, like I said a few segments ago, is our level is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not okay to judge somebody else. Right. And actually, you guys know I talk about my therapist all the time. It's my therapist, Sabra, who has helped me through that mm-hmm. because she says the exact same thing. She's like, Tamara, your 80% is like someone else's 100%. Right, so why are we expecting them to break their back over something that they don't need to when we shouldn't even be doing it either? Exactly, it's you weird. can't. It's kind of like that whole mentality like in high school where people make you feel crappy for not drinking kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like you're trying to tear somebody else down because you're afraid that you're going to do it wrong so if you at least act like you're in control then they'll think that you are right and i think we do it unknowingly just because yes. we're afraid to be wrong or afraid to do something wrong but yeah. why are we so afraid of that well i'm afraid of being judged i definitely mm. feel that i feel like and i could even go back and regress myself back to being like a child and getting my parents approval i know that that's where this comes from for me but it's because i am in therapy and okay. i do work with a therapist and and reading this book kind of culminated all of those sessions with Sabra talking about, you know, why are you worried about, you mm-hmm. know, giving 130% at work when really you only need maybe 80, yeah. right. <laughs> not even a hundred percent. So, so for you, it's approval. It's definitely from other people. approval from other people and, um, not like being liked, mm-hmm. but, but fitting in, which is really ridiculous. I'm 44 years old, like, and I right. still struggle with fitting in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to feel like, or feel, I'm trying to figure out where mine comes from. I feel like mine is always, it starts with, I need to be the best at whatever I do. Mm -hmm. So I don't know where that comes from though. I don't know. I guess it's a good thing to look into. One of my old mentors, he always told me that like when, when you start acting like a certain way, there's something in your, like in your life that it stemmed from. There is one specific like road marker in your, within your path that like made you think that way, like made you want to approve. Like for me, it was not being like good enough, quote unquote, for my biological father. Like I needed to like impress him and prove him wrong that I Mm -hmm. am this awesome person. And that was my like road marker where now I'm, it's affected me. I'm like 15 years later where now I'm trying to like be as best as I can and not get any criticism because that'll prove him wrong. Mm-hmm. You know right. I mean? Like, so mine's similar mine's to you. Thing. Mine's similar. Being an adopted child, I feel like at birth, I, right. I was given away by my birth mom. And, and that's something that I didn't recognize until my adult life that I mm. always felt abandoned. Yeah. And then I was given to a family where abuse happened and I wasn't good enough to be protected from it. So I always thought if I could just be better, if I so, could be, what I'm hearing is it, it kind of is all about getting attention, mm-hmm. not necessarily like approval, but like, I don't know, because I think too, then maybe because I, my earliest memories I have with you are being alone, even though like you were home, you were always asleep or you had like so many jobs in school that I was always trying to entertain myself. So I felt like 
when you I, and this is I guess like a really like hyperbolic way to say but when you would brag about me to people then it made me realize that you were paying attention mm-hmm. so but if you had nothing to brag about then you didn't talk about me and then I didn't exist kind of thing interesting because I always talk about you no I know <laughs> well you do now well, you and must it's because you have lots to talk about because I'm I'm successful in school and it's not like you're the kind of person that brags either that's an, uh, not no. what I'm trying to say and it's true though that's interesting you point that out because I was never one of those mommies that sat right. in a circle and was like well my child's 75th percentile on the growth no, chart but you know you hear ask, ladies talk about oh that God, crap I just want to like no, die but like it's I don't know something you can control. not even with people that had kids or if it just got brought up in conversation and I was mentioned in the conversation for doing something or being ahead or this or that i i felt like that was my way to exist in your world maybe uh that you yeah. found validation when i was bragging when, about right, your accomplishments right. when Absolutely. i was just brought up in a positive way you right. know i think that is the same thing with mm-hmm. me because when i do do something good and my teacher or like another student's like oh that looks really good i'm like yeah well thanks or, but then i don't know how to like right express like myself without sounding like conceited i almost mm-hmm. like well thanks like yeah like i'm just like try to like downsize it but then it just makes me look like that was a big a thing for me too like in dance I always strive to be picked for the right. solo or to be in the front and I don't right. I don't get it's not that I get mad if I don't get it but that's what I'm hoping for in school I was always picked to go on the leadership conventions or be the spokesperson for the grade that I was in or whatever or be entered into this contest or this I feel like that's when I exist is when I'm getting recognized for the hard work that I put in mm-hmm. but I think that kind of conditioned me to have to do everything perfect, which turned into this whole striking out thing and not doing certain things because I was mm. afraid that I wasn't going to do it right. Oh my gosh, that thing. that is heartbreaking to me. And A mm-hmm. as your mom, but B as a woman too. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm, I'm heartbroken for Yvonne too, and for myself. Mm-hmm. Like I just feel like how much have I missed? Right. Hiding? How many opportunities have I pa- have I passed up, afraid of what other people were going to think if I didn't do it right. right? And I think especially for us specifically in this room, we're also like <laughs> individuals, mm-hmm. like in our we have our own, and we're not afraid to be ourselves at this point in our lives. I feel like makes a lot of things work work against us yeah. when we do finally allow ourselves to be vulnerable in in growing situations. That the perfectionist monster is like is is pushing back against us trying to express ourselves, right? And especially being so individual. That's something I'm almost a little scared of going into this hair show because I am so <laughs> used to being the perfectionist. I feel like I'm just going to be the whatever, I don't care, whatever oh. comes out to be like. like I'm so glad you said that. Like, yeah, like there's there's like a bla- it's like black and white for me. It's mm-hmm. like rather I'm fully in or just. I just don't give a crap and that kind of scares me a little bit because you, you want to try it's like when people yeah. say like something in a mean way but like they pass it off as a joke to kind right. of feel people okay. out like, like you can't do that right I feel like that's our kind of like defense mechanism totally like oh well we didn't really care that much about it anyways or you downplay the importance of something because right. you don't want people to know that it actually like affected you yeah. or if you say that you didn't put enough effort in it right. justifies that you didn't win right and Even I, though you tried really hard. I, it's I so totally true. It is so true. And I, I know I've been talking a lot about Brene Brown, but she talks about having to lean into the discomfort right. and you have to lean into that. And 
fully participate mm-hmm. and engage and not disasterize it and not sabotage yourself. Right. And be right. like, well, I did try my hardest, but it didn't work out this time. And then you have to think of all the things that you need to do to yes. get to where you want. If it's really something that is important to you, yeah. if you failed and not, I don't like using the word failed, but if you didn't meet your own expectations and you didn't reach the goal that you set for yourself, then either you need to evaluate if that's what you want to do. And if it is what you want to do, then you need to allow yourself to know that you have places to grow. Right. right. And you need to f- use the tools that you have to improve those areas that just happened to me we had a like mini competition in my class where it's like a highlighting competition for a hair and we all had our mannequins and it was like a legitimate competition there was like three winners and all this stuff and I was like, really excited about it because I like doing like hair color like that's really fun to me for some reason and so I was like all excited about it until like I, we started doing it and then things just weren't going my Aww. way at all like they didn't have like the right size gloves like we ran out of the small gloves so my gloves were too big which were just getting in the way and like mm. and so everything just looked really crappy compared to like the rest of the week where everything just looked great so the day of the competition everything just fell apart when 20 minutes in I was like whatever I don't even care I just want to be done like I don't even mm. care like I know I'm not gonna win anyways and blah 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 right. and so I just like finished you shut it down and, like, yeah I completely shut down and I just like downplayed it like I just didn't care and like I whatever it's just a stupid competition but like I was set kind of about it you know I was like kind of bothered me well that's something else that you wanted to talk about is like our defense mechanisms Mm. is to just I don't care it's whatever that to me is so troublesome like when you say I don't care you shut everything out not only do you shut out the good stuff or you shut out the bad stuff you're shutting out the good stuff too right and this is a lesson i've been learning in life is that i can't say i don't care because truly i do right yeah, i, I totally really did. do i was really upset about it so for for me the leaning into the discomfort is what i mean by allowing yourself to take it in even if right. it doesn't feel good because it's not for perfectionists it doesn't feel good mm-hmm. you're going to have to lean into that discomfort and mm-hmm. practice step by step and not shut down and for me engaging in this I'm actually a happier person right it's the weirdest byproduct it's actually counterintuitive to me the like the funny thing about it at the end though is like I didn't win the competition I wasn't even close I like I had a lot of points in a way from my like things because things were messy but that final product came out really good like it still looked to you fine yeah like I liked it a lot so I'm glad to hear that I want to pick that up though on the other side of the break But for now, let's take a little break. You're listening to Paper Hope Next Generation on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to the Paper Hope Next Generation. Want to ask a question or select a topic for a future show? Please send an email to info at paperhope.com. That's info at paperhope.com. Now, back to Rio, Tamara, and Yvonne on Paper Hope Next Generation. Welcome back to the program, Paper Hope Next Generation. I'm your show host, Tamara Wade, and I'm sitting here with my daughters. 
Poopies. 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 My little poopies. And we're talking about perfectionism. And I, I think we've gotten pretty deep. Mm-hmm. And I kind of dig it because... Yep. I feel like we're doing a good job exploring all aspects of this little butthole because it's a very <laughs> painful conversation for me to have let's it just is. say that like, <clears throat> well it's hard it to admit that you have this disease yeah. kind of a thing it, is a disease. it has been in the last it i'd sucks. say year and a half because i've been reading Brene brown's work and it's just and i even went through part of her course that she had with oprah and it's hard mm-hmm. this stuff is not i don't like it like yeah. i don't it's really like i really did deny it until i got into like, I really just didn't even acknowledge that I was a perfectionist. Like, I always did have that mentality, like, oh, got to get everything done. But it wasn't really, like, brought to light in my eyes mm-hmm. until I started beauty school and everything was, like, when I was taking longer than everyone on doing the haircuts and, like, beating myself up so much more and, like, getting so... Fr- I was like, why would... I just kept asking myself, why am I getting so frustrated with this? Like, this isn't even a big deal. But mm-hmm. to me, it was, like, everyone else was... It was their first time doing it, too. But I wasn't good enough because I wasn't perfect, like, the first wow. time. Well, that's another thing that's that intense. we go through is the littlest things that might not like be a big deal to some people yeah. like ruin our whole week oh yeah in a minute mm-hmm. i all go from zero to like 10 and like and people seconds. don't understand because you don't want to admit that <laughs> that's what pissed you off oh, so right <clears throat> and so people don't understand why you're so outraged at like nothing i feel like that's a lot of problems that i have in like relationships well why are you upset i don't know i don't want to tell you blah 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 you're not going to understand and then it just causes like this whole thing because it's like oh i got like an an 89 on my paper instead of a 93 or somebody that i thought was worse than me did better than me you know oh my gosh even that kind of and then you get mad at yourself Mm -hmm. because you're thinking so negatively about somebody else and it's just like oh my god like i just give up (laughs) see like i don't know how to approach okay this just remember like we were this is like the stupidest thing and I got so mad about it but I didn't even know how to approach it without sounding like like bratty about it I guess but like we were practicing like blow dry styling on like our classmates and stuff and I was doing like my best friend like I was like you know I washed her hair and like I was like gonna blow dry it and everything and I don't know if I just wasn't in a good mood but I just felt like she kept pointing out everything wow. I wasn't I was doing wrong like, oh you're not supposed to do it that way you're not supposed to and I was like dude just shut up like let me let mm-hmm. me do it like calm down and then she kept pointing it out and i just got done i was like whatever like i just sat down i was like do it yourself i got so pissed off i was like and then she was like i'm just trying to help and like i understood that she was gonna help but i was like so pissed off that i just couldn't say anything because i didn't want to say something mean to her because mm. it's not her like it's the hulking out part yeah, i can of, get pretty like, stop, mean. like pointing out my flaws like just it's, let me be yeah. <laughs> like i, I know used, i used to be very very defensive i'm getting a little better um but it's it's hard sometimes, especially when it's coming from someone who you care about. Right. I've gotten to the point now where if it's coming from someone that I don't care about, I, I can shake it off a little more easy, right. but not, I st- it still stings. Something that I was, I was thinking about when you were talking about that too, is you were saying flaws and I don't necessarily feel that monster when people are mean and they're like, Oh, that shirt looks dumb. Or why do you wear that? Or this and that. I don't really, f- I feel like I'm comfortable in myself enough in like my appearance and like right. things that I like, like if someone attacks my music taste or whatever, I feel like I'm all right in that. But when somebody's criticizing my ability to do something, that's when I get really freaked right, out. And I don't, it, yeah. I don't really know what the difference is. Like if someone undermines my capability of like achieving something fully, then I go off. I'm like, no, exactly. I'm doing it right. I'm going to do it better than you. Don't even tell me that I'm doing it wrong. It's like the weirdest thing. I don't think it's so weird though. I think it's, you've used this word once and I think it's, it goes hand in hand with perfectionism. It's, it's the place you're most vulnerable. Yeah, but why aren't I vulnerable about like my appearance and my music taste? It and, might be something you care well, about vulner- the most. I am vulnerable about it, but I'm, I'm all right. 
I've I've like accepted that that's who I am and I don't really I in a good way I don't care what people say because I'm proud of what I like right. and what I look like. Right. Their opinion doesn't matter. It's not that you don't care. Right. It's just that their their opinion doesn't matter. Right, because it's not something that I can improve. You right. can't improve a, a <laughs> style or a taste right. you know or what music you listen to because that's just what makes yeah you happy, right so. you can improve on what you like that opinion. doesn't make any sense but you can improve on your ability to do something right and that i think i it's scary i, think, I think that's when why you can't do it right yeah they're like aware of what i'm already aware of and yeah so it's like i was trying to well, hide yeah. it yeah oh, and if somebody it? says something and you're like don't tell me i already know right like that's exactly what it is like i know it's like, your I'm vulnerable spot yeah that's my that's like my number one argument when somebody tries to criticize me and I'm not like welcoming it it's I already know you don't have to remind me right. or like that's why I feel like you never scolded me about grades or anything because I already knew you already knew. I already knew that I needed to do something to fix it and if somebody would have said something to me I would have lost it right. I would have just gone psycho and like yeah. flipped all the tables I could find <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I think it has to do with vulnerability because there are some things that people can say things to and it, and again different people like my mom or my dad if my mom or my dad come at me they know exactly the holes to push mm. and to make me feel right. horribly those things that you you hope those nobody deepest, will ever notice darkest, or say or yep yeah. they know exactly where to dig in and grab right. out and they and they can do it effortlessly well the scary part about being a perfectionist too is you know other people's triggers because you are aware mm -hmm. of the things you don't want people to say to you therefore you know what you yeah. could say to somebody else exactly. to really get them and that's so when awful. it becomes dangerous because i'm not a mean person i'm not a vicious person but no, like but it comes but out but then it just like starts slipping out yep. and i'm like trying like and i don't mean it like yep. if i yell at someone like and I'm frustrated because of my own thing. And then I hate admitting that afterwards. Mm -hmm. Like, I hate being like, dude, like, I was just having, like, a bad day. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I hate admitting that. Like, right. When you just pissed me off to the point where I just wanted to strangle you. But I'm sorry. Like, right. And you just start throwing things yeah, at them. Really the mean. only And it's so funny, though, because, like, sometimes, like, I can't even, like, separate myself from situations. Like, I just, I just go off and, like, mm -hmm. seethe and seethe and, like, about different things. And it's, like, my mom or Andy, the, that's the one that ends up telling me, but, like, well, okay, like, look at it from this angle. And then I'm just, like... Oh. Well, yeah, that it takes a while sense. to cool off, but and then it's kind of not as bad. It's so strange how how not being quote perfect makes us so angry. But nobody is perfect. Everyone is always gonna fail. Some not fail, but like come up there's no such else. thing as perfect and this is exactly. i don't know who is saying it but they're like no practice doesn't make perfect practice makes better and i was like okay that's cool but then i started thinking about it and i'm like <laughs> no i still kind of agree with practice makes perfect because if there's no such thing as perfect then we will always be practicing and isn't that the point to always want to grow to always want to practice your craft and do what you love and and practice practice like practice means to do you know like this is my practice it's right. not like you're trying to be right. better it's just that's what you do so if you're always striving for this unattainable goal is it isn't that a good thing I don't know based on how I've been enlightened my own perspective on it I don't want to practice to be perfect I want to practice to be better right yeah, and and that and that I sh me showing up that's enough. Mm -hmm. That is enough. The fact that I am here, that I am participating. But you have to allow it to be enough. Yeah. You it, have to be the one to say it's enough. It is super hard. Let me tell you. How many times has this one saying saved me? Like I can even, again, it has to, it has to do with like fitness. Right. <laughs> I don't want to go to the gym. <laughs> I don't want to work out. Mm -hmm. But I know I'm going to die in early age if mm -hmm. I don't because I sit at a desk all day long. So going to the gym is like really mental for me. And I have to keep saying it over and over again in my head. It doesn't matter that my elliptical machine is on level one mm -hmm. and doesn't have any resistance to mm -hmm. it. It's enough. 
I'm learning that. Like, if I don't feel well, I'll just stay home from school as opposed to go. And at least if I go, I absorb the information. Mm -hmm. I might not be able to practice it fully since I dance. That's what I do at school. But if I just sit and I take notes that I'm still absorbing, and sometimes it's good to just show up because then you learn things separately from when you're actually doing them. So I feel like there's always something beneficial in just allowing yourself to not give your all in some cases. Yes, and step off the gas. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I have to do. It's so difficult, especially since like I'm really like book smart, and that doesn't really help me in so much. In like a practical field. Yeah, Yeah. it's a very practical field, and I'm really good at the theory version of this. And everyone always says that, like, oh, like I'll go study with Yvonne. Like she knows how to like break things down and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But that's not what I want to be good at. I want to be good at like actually doing it. (laughs) Right. Like actually no. Like I I can tell you in words how to do a haircut, but like. Mm when I start doing it and then I start having mini panic attacks because oh, it's God, not coming right? out like the way I need it to and then it's making me feel like unproportioned mm-hmm. because I'm so good at like the theory but the practical is the part that I'm struggling at and it's just like I really especially this early on if I'm already feeling this much like I you think just want to give up I feel like yeah. yeah I'm like scared like I'm terrified of what it's going to be like down the road like I keep thinking like oh my god I'm never going to get better it's Mm going to be like this like but I think you are I think you are I think it's good if you embrace this challenge I think it's going to be really good for you as a learning tool to be able to lean into that yeah otherwise I'm never going to get better and this is a field that's always changing so I'm always going to have to Mm -hmm. take risks and like well especially something where there's like a trend there's a trend so there's always going to be something new to learn Uh and somebody's always going to be better at it because what if they came up with it like they're the inventor of this thing I just need to absorb as much as I can yeah and just not beat yourself up about it if you don't get it right the first time because that's kind of an unrealistic goal exactly and that's exactly what I do like oh my color wasn't 100% no nope. I think you have to start employing this and I again I've stolen it from Brene Brown and that's just telling yourself that you're enough I showed up and that's enough right. I get a gold star yeah. like yeah. coloring like one of the things that I've been coloring one of my friend's hair but like it's not in my control that the end product isn't turning out the way I need it to because of the past experience the past products that she's put on her hair is affecting it and mm-hmm. so it's like well according to the book it should come out this way but it's not because you have this on your hair and it just like it frustrates I feel like the failure and then you yeah, blame it on yourself yeah and I'm like well I didn't do a good like I don't tell people I did that I don't want people to think I'm bad at this when it's like it's not necessarily my fault there's mm-hmm. nothing I could have done to I did everything right I did the steps right it's just it's not ugh. I think about it when like I was learning photography for example, I'd like to go back and burn every single photo <laughs> that I initially took because now I'm so much more knowledgeable about it and I can see the flaws in what I did when I first started. Right. But what if I gave up? Right, you would not have been I, I, I wouldn't have learned right. and I wouldn't have found my own style because there was an academic version of photography that were like, you're doing it wrong, Tamara. And I was like, yeah, I'm not. I just need to learn this. I want it to look right. a certain way. And you're going to get that in your hair. I you're going to do it. Yeah. It sucks. I, it does it suck. Does suck. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. No, I don't like it. It's just, it's just a practice. And like, I don't, I don't really know how Angie says it in dance. There's like, I don't know, the growth mentality. You just yeah. have to allow yourself to, to take in everything that you're experiencing and not beat yourself up about it. Yeah, it's otherwise kind of you like won't a, grow. It's just a, it's an effort, a constant effort to, it is a constant to beat effort. perfectionism. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you guys are out of time. I know we're running out of time. How do you feel about this? I feel like a it was a good. Now that it's out in the air, yeah. I have better like probably just go back and re-listen. <laughs> yeah, I know. I felt very articulate for as unarticulate as I felt today. Hey, you showed up. Really I showed up and, and I sat in this chair. Great job. And I did it. 
That was, yeah. I'm proud of us all. Yeah. Good job. I'm definitely going to try to speak like that. So next week, Dr. Sharon Thompson, actually it's not next week, but sometime in the future behind us, I don't know. The next show we do will be Dr. Sharon Thompson. So thanks so much for listening today. Um, You've been listening to Paper Hope Next Generation on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Good riddance. <laughs> Just kidding. I love you. Bye, goats. Hey, thanks for listening to Paper Hope Next Generation. Be sure to check out the blog at paperhope.com for more during the week. And we hope to see you again next Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Bye for now. Bye.